and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy tools and analysis on the entire internet. Go check them out, HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, on this day of day, this day of trades, this day of deadlines, with the soothsayer of the trade deadline, Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler? Who traded for John Collins, Michael? That's all I want to know. Uh, did anyone trade for John Collins? Uh, we've been talking about that for about seven years now, I think. Uh, no, John Collins is not real. I've decided. He's just a figment of my imagination. No, I haven't seen him in a while. He's he's really fallen off into... Uh, has there been a bigger fall from grace as of John Collins is going to be like a top 15 player to... Uh, who's better, John Collins or like uh, I, don't, I don't know, Serge Ibaka? I guess he's not that bad. That's kind of that's kind of harsh. Serge Ibaka, poor Serge Ibaka got waived. He's gonna be finding himself a new home. And John Collins this year has just been like unexplainable. I mean, like obviously he's seen his production dip from like that twenty points a game he averaged in his second third years, like. Onto 17, but now it's all the way down to 13. He's playing actually the second most minutes of his career, which is just weird. He can't make yeah. threes anymore. That's really There's strange. been a lot of weird stuff. Like his use, like his uh, minutes are up and his value is down. Uh, I mean, like, would would you rather have John Collins or Brook Lopez? Whew. I mean, Brook Lopez at this point, I think. Yeah, that's how far down he. Would you have uh, uh, Johnny Collins or Walker Kessler? Oh, dude, Walker Kessler for sure. I like Walker Kessler a lot. Yeah, exactly. That's how far John John Collins is from. Probably why he didn't get traded. They've been trying to trade him forever. Uh, and then they probably went out to the, the market and said, does anyone want John Collins? And people were like, you guys, you guys still got Johnny Collins on your team? Like, uh, man. Oh, the, problem, the problem is they gave Collins that extension. And so yes. I, I think he's in like the first year of an extension raking like uh, like $25 million a year. Potentially. And so he's got fifty million left plus a player option. Yeesh! Have fun with that, Atlanta. Um, I do not. That's going to be a rough go to get out of that contract. Uh, but people figure it out. Um, a lot of people got out of a lot of contracts in the last few days. Um, and uh, let's start with the bit. Let's just start at the beginning. Sort of the big one. Oh, no. that that, that's out. never fun, Michael. Come on. Let's start no, with the most the surprising. Most surprising. Oh, yeah. What's the most? Okay. The most surprising. Now I got to figure out. Um, my The most surprising was uh, Mike Muscala for Justin Jackson. Two future second round picks. I forgot Justin Jackson was in the league. So that was a so good one. That's why it was so surprising. I was like, oh, that guy's still around. There were some trades that. Um, they got me really confused like when that uh james wiseman trade was going down and i'm like wait why are the warriors trading james wiseman for five first round picks and then really the warriors were trading for for gary payton not the five first round picks which was just strange and why did the blazers give up gary payton to get kevin knox and nothing else that's what it just that one didn't make a lot of sense. And uh, did wait? Did Gary Payton move? 
<laughs> Gary Payton got traded. So according to oh, Spot this might Rack, be wrong because I, I I don't see Gary Payton in the in the trade. So maybe I missed that. Well, according to this Spot Rack transaction thing, it says here was the trade: Hawks got Sadiq Bay, the Pistons got James Wiseman, the Warriors got Gary Payton the second and five second round picks, and the Blazers got Kevin Knox. Interesting, because uh, the way NBA.com is reporting it is that uh, Gary Payton's not involved. Sadiq Bey went to the Hawks. Kevin Knox went to the Warriors. James Weissman. But I, now I'm seeing all these other ones. Gary Payton to the Warriors for second-round picks. And Kevin Knox. So it must have been the, the follow-up trade. Yeah, and so... And that was a good move for the Warriors, I think. Like, getting Gary Payton back was, was good for them, especially getting rid of Wiseman, who... I mean, at this point, it's just a prayer, right? Yes. Don't know what's going to happen there, but Detroit was literally... The, Detroit's been praying for a long time. Um, why was Detroit the team to trade for him? They have, like, eight centers already. Like, they yeah. still have Nerlens in a while, and they didn't even get rid of him. Yeah, it doesn't make... Uh, I don't know. I really, quite frankly, I mean, is there a contract I'm not following here? Nerlens Noel has a potential, like, another year left on his deal, which is probably why he hasn't been bought out. But, like, I mean, at what point do you just have 12 centers that you can't use? Oh, that, I think that point is right this minute. Um, I thought there was a lot of surprising trades. I did not expect Thomas Bryant to be on the move. I thought Darius Baisley was a nice take. For for the Suns, like Basley's good. Uh, I'm surprised the Nuggets moved Bones Highland. Um, uh, I I think there was a lot of uh, behind the scenes stuff there that was probably that. Oh, interesting. Okay, well that that makes a little bit more sense. Um, yeah, I just I I thought it was a very interesting, very fun trade uh, deadline, and of course we have. The big movers, the uh, Kyrie kicked it all off, headed to Dallas, um, f- uh, along with Markeith Morris, by the way. Uh, Spencer Dimwitty, Dorian Finney-Smith coming back to Brooklyn. Brooklyn, a, a ghost land at this point. Uh, unless Ben Simmons is going to turn into uh, NBA 2K uh, rating 97 Ben Simmons here in the next five minutes. Uh, Brooklyn with Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dimwitty. Both of those guys, I feel like both of the Spencer Dimwitty and... Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, th- those values go pretty far up because, like, they're going to play a ton. Well, yeah, and, and the the Nets have no reason to try to be bad. Like, the Rockets own all their picks from yes. that James Harden first the James Harden trade. James Harden, James Harden trade number one. Um, yes. And obviously in that KD one, they got back Bridges, Camp Johnson, and Jay Crowder. I guess the problem I see... And what he's gonna have to play because they don't really have another point guard. But all those other guys are wings. Like everyone. So, yeah. And and obviously Crowder got rerouted to the Bucks um later on, but like I guess at some point you just like run out of minutes, right? Like they also have Seth Curry, they also have Joe Harris, they also have Ben Simmons, who's basically a wing. Um at some point you just can't find minutes for someone. Um, and we talk about falls from grace. I mean, does Ben Simmons even start? Poof. Brutal. Um, probably not. I mean, like, maybe because they just don't know what to do with him. But, like, I don't want him out there um, ever. Like, he's just 
it's just not worth it at this point. It's just really not. He's just not that good. He's just he's not even bringing the uh, the ability to like de- like his de- like defend his defensive skills are like not as good as they used to be. Like uh, whether that's like you know some sort of twitch reaction thing or just whatever. But like Ben Simmons just looked like trash. He just looked like hot garbage. Sure, he's getting a, a steal and a half a game or, or so, but like it's it's hot garbage, man. Like it's it's just not worth it. I'd much rather have Dorian Finney Smith. Um, I think obviously if you haven't been following the, uh, Cam Johnson saga of dropping 40 points a game, uh, a night, that guy's name is Cam Thomas for the record, excuse me, not Cam Johnson, Cam Thomas, Cam Johnson, uh, is who, who got traded. Um, uh, yes, Cam Thomas saga has been a lot of fun. Cam Johnson is now on the nets as well. Um, and he's been fantasy relevant uh in that's the big question Phoenix, right my question to you Mattel you Bridges so who's who's taking who's taking off here yeah that's it who has the most fantasy value on the Brooklyn Nets for the rest of the season it's a great question uh are we are we not including Nick Claxton uh I mean you could include anybody because Nick Claxton has been good right Yes, he's been a, a lot of it is back on those blocks, right? Like, I mean, sure. 2.6 blocks a game. So no, no threes, less than around two assists, less than a steal. That's not great. Uh, great field goal percentage. So let's say blocks, your, uh, the most fantasy value sans blocks. That's a good question. I, I mean, the my instinct is to say the best player on the team um is going to have the best value and that's Mikel Bridges. Mikel Bridges is an incredibly oh. solid across the board player. Mikel Bridges is now like the guy on on the Brooklyn Nets and we've seen Mikel Bridges every once in a while uh, when he is given a little bit more of an offensive load, when there's injuries in uh, in Phoenix, kind of put up some some silky numbers. Um, he would be my like betting monies, like the lo- the best odds, I guess. Uh, if I was putting a little bit of cash money, not best odds, I guess it would be he would be the uh, the odd the 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 lowest odds. Um. Can he create enough to score 22 points a game? Yeah, because he only he's already getting about 18, 19 a game on like 14 shots. There's a lot yeah, of shots I'm, to go around here. I'm I'm with you, but does that then tank his efficiency? Like Bridges, I'm not sure Bridges is a great like I'm gonna get my own shot guy. I, yeah, that I worries mean, me here, because like I mean, Dinwiddie's an an okay creator point guard, but like not great. Didn't we feel the same way about Jeremy Grant though? And Jeremy Grant kind of briefly. Yeah, but arrived. but here, like I feel like there's a few more guys than there was in those Detroit days. I mean, I guess they had Kate Cunningham, but like here, I feel like you know Curry's going to score some, Joe Harris yes. is going to score some, Nick Claxton's going to score some, Steve Smith's going to score some. I can see Dinwiddie actually averaging over 20 points a game. Like, the last time Dinwiddie was in Brooklyn when they didn't have a lot, Dinwiddie scored over 20 a game. 
That would be my second favorite, is that Dinwiddie running the offense as long as Ben Simmons is out of the way. Um, His problem is there's no defensive stats to speak None. Of. Yes. Right? And that's what's going to keep him from probably being the top guy, is he just can't. He doesn't get steals, he doesn't get blocks. We usually I can see him averaging like, like 20 a game. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We usually kind of like these, like, desolate teams, right? We always are kind of, like, drawn to them um, to be like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity, right? But, like, this is a weird roster, as, as we're talking about. There's a bunch of wings, and Spencer Dimwitty. Is yeah, Seth Curry going to be? Uh, is is Cameron Johnson, is he, like, really good? Or is are they even gonna like strut him out there to see what they got with him? They're like, well, we got him, we got him wrapped up. What do we need to like waste any of his time for? Um, I don't know. Like, I really just, I, it's it's going to be a really, I think it's gonna be really up in the air type of thing. But the two people who have the ceiling to me, other than Nick Claxton with the blocks, um, the two people who have the ceiling because they have. They they have the, the the rarer stats in their in their in their repertoire. How about that? Um, is Mikkel Bridges and Spencer Dimwitty? And that's the problem too with Cam not, Thomas. And that's not great. People, people got super excited about Cam Thomas's you know three forty point games in a row, and that is cool. But like, yeah, it's very cool. Point three steals and point three blocks in those games, right? And like. Literally averaging per 36 minutes, not even a steal a game and 0.3 blocks. So, like, again, it's another guy where, like, even if you're going to say, oh, we're going to play Cam Thomas on the off night, 30 minutes a game, like, doesn't offer you much other than dude can score. Yes. So, like, I, I don't think we've ever not encouraged anyone to ride a hot hand. Three forty point. That's insane. I don't. I can't actually. Don't remember the last time I saw three forty-point games in a row. Let alone from somebody who just uh, popped off the bench. You have not been watching that much basketball, Michael. Well, I guess if you're, I don't include like Jokic because they just like do that every night. It's incredible. Actually, okay. I'll, I'm gonna go check out Jokic's line and see if I can find him. But that's it. Is still pretty incredible. Forty-two. So ride that hot hand. The value here is that he has value now sell him like he's taken on a team that's just didn't have anybody playing on it taking like 24 25 shots a game shooting at like an insane like a plus 50 percent clip over these three games that's not going to be sustainable or happen ride the hot hand pick him up and then try to get oh, him off your team immediately that's worth saying too is like you know in games that are happening tonight on thursday night and even on friday like the box scores get weird because some of these guys don't make it there. Some of the guys that were traded away, obviously, are, like, getting their physicals in other places. And so, mm-hmm. like, there are some games where teams are super shorthanded, and there are some teams, some games where, like, you know, someone like Cam Thomas becomes the Nets' leading scorer because they don't got anybody else. Uh, let me look at the Lakers. The Lakers game tonight against the Bucks on Thursday. Like, yeah, go go look at that box score if you're listening to this. <laughs> They've got no one. LeBron's out. They traded half their team. I think I don't think anybody that they traded for is there yet. Oh, it's literally Anthony Davis and nobody. Yes, there's nobody there. 
nobody at all. It's really weird. I just Lakers wanna, I just, probably... I want to throw it out there. Let's talk about the Lakers here in a second, but I just want to throw it out there. Um, I'm looking for three 40-point games in a row here from, like, Embiid um, or, uh, you know, Jokic. I don't, I don't see him. I don't see him, my guy. Maybe Luka. Oh, come on. I don't see God. him. I'm looking through it. They're, they're not out there. I'm right. It's, it's rare. It is rare. Uh, rarer than you think. He became the youngest player to do it uh, the other night. But the la- the one before that, um, Barry held the record as the youngest in 1972. Yeah. Um, but there have been a bunch uh, over the years. Oh, yeah, there's certainly been a bunch over the years. I'm talking about, like, in the right, the, this season, right? Like, the cl- craziest a couple games I saw was Embiid. He had, like, a 59 and then a 40 and then, like, a 32, right? Um, that's pretty crazy. But yeah, let's let's talk about the Lakers because uh, they made a lot of moves. And I actually feel like some, some teams were like bailing bailing the Lakers out a little bit because I don't feel like the Lakers should have had any leverage during this trading season. And here they are receiving D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, and all they had to do is get rid of Russ's big-ass contract uh, and a bunch of uh, draft picks, of course. And um, Mike Conley goes to Minnesota. Uh, Russell Westbrook is likely going to be bought out in uh, in Utah. So let's also add on that uh, they did move um, Thomas Bryant out for Mo Bamba. Kind of a nice, that's I feel right. like a really nice haul by LA. It was, but it was like so insane because like even figuring out who's on their team right now is absolutely crazy. Yes. Well, sorry, I think I, I think they got Mo Bamba in a different trade. Move Thomas Bryant out, and then they got Obama in a another trade later. It's been a crazy day. It was definitely a crazy day for them. It was a crazy day in general as far as trades go. It was a very very wild afternoon. So yeah, I guess at Pat least Bev, to I forgot Pat Bev. at least to my recollection, right? And I'm not looking this up on StatHead, so I can't tell you. But Wilt Chamberlain in the season where he averaged 50 points a game had 14 consecutive 40-point games, including a 78-point, 16... Uh, including a 78-43 rebound game. Uh, yeah, you're talking about Wilt in Chamberlain. 1961. <laughs> no, but I mean... That was my point, was, like, Wilt Chamberlain had some crazy streaks where he went for 40, like, literally, like, 15 games in a row. Okay, fair. That is very, very fair. Uh, back in the day when there was like eight teams or whatever. Um, good on you. Good when when my dad. I think my dad played in the NBA back then. He was like about five eight, five nine. Um, let's talk about the Lakers. Obviously, they're trying to uh, win it for the Gipper. LeBron James, uh, all-time scorer after twenty, three, forty years in in the league. Great job. Better team, impressive. confusing as hell for fantasy right now for me. Because LeBron's having like one of his greatest fantasy seasons again, as always. Anthony Davis is legitimately having like a top tier all time fantasy season when he's healthy, and now they've brought in D'Angelo Russell, who I think starts plays solid minutes. They don't need D'Angelo Russell to be taking uh, as many shots, facilitating more. Um, but they don't, they, they, they don't, they don't need him to be the focal point like he was pretty much in Minnesota because Cat Daddy's been out and him and Anthony, 
Edwards have been sharing the ball. D'Angelo and LeBron kind of sharing that a little bit, but LeBron likes to have the ball more than Ant-Man. Uh, Ant-Man is going to eat in, uh, in Minnesota for sure, and we'll talk about that. But I think the more interesting pieces on L.A. are outside of the top three there. How does Malik Beasley fit in? How does Jared Vanderbilt, who uh, has had his moments, uh, especially in um, across the board, especially in those counting stats uh, this season, and uh, how, how does they, how do they fit in? And also, does Mo Bamba fit in? Like, is, is he is he now part of their their rotation? Ryu Hachimura, are you excited about that guy? Yeah, and that's it. That's a minute, right? The rest it's of the team is terrible. I've got a lot of guys, and I don't know how many minutes everybody's going to get, right? Like, D'Angelo, why would he not play 32 minutes a game? I mean, they're they're not really stacked at point guard, so... Yeah, I think it's um, certain, absolutely certain he plays. I also think Ryu Hachimura fits pretty well um, in the rotation and for what they want to try to do. You've seen him um, over the last uh, few games, because he's been on the team, uh, for a little bit, um, you've seen him play like absolutely solid, like pretty solid minutes. He's had a couple nights, 19 uh, minutes, 28 minutes, but he's always had a 40 minute night. So he's he's been playing in that 27, 28 minute role. And I think that's sticking right. But Malik Beasley, yeah. I don't think he's going to play a super ton, but I think he's going to be decent off the bench. I think Jared Vanderbilt is going to play another role too. How much fantasy value does Jared Vanderbilt really have? We could talk about that if you want. Yeah, like, until we actually see this, though, I'm not sure that we know if it's going to be Vanderbilt at 20 minutes or 28 minutes or somehow 32 minutes. Like, do they view him as the a little bit ahead of Hachimura, a little bit behind Hachimura? I don't mm-hmm. really know. It feels like it's a, anyone... a, th- a kind of a throwing, we're throwing stuff at the wall, see what sticks kind of vibe here. Because is is the answer... Chamara is the answer throwing out a defensive guy like Vanderbilt because our defense ain't that great. Is the answer spreading out the floor with a, a you know an over seven footer with Mo Bamba? Is any of those gonna work next to AD and LeBron? They could some of them could shoot, one of them could play defense. Uh, maybe situationally we can play one or the other or whatever. But like it does feel like they're throwing something against the wall, and in those situations, uh, I, I I don't like putting a lot of, a lot of uh, effort and or. I guess I, I, I don't like running out and picking up a guy who is being thrown against the wall to see what sticks. Yeah, right. And I mean, like, if you're in this league, especially where, like, there's not a lot of people that are going to even play any minutes on the waiver wire, I mean, sure, great. Like, if they're one of these yeah, available, pick them up. But, like, especially Mo Bamba. Like, why would you give up a second-round pick for Mo Bamba if you weren't going to at least use Mo Bamba some? Yes. I feel so, like, and like Mo Bamba's a, a, a fun fantasy guy when he plays. And Mo Bamba is not just a fun fantasy guy, but a guy that can block some shots. And we've seen this year, like how anybody blocking a shot is a top fifty player. Yeah, definitely fantasy relevant if you can. Pokachevsky, look at Pokachevsky's stat line. He's blocking one point three shots a game. The rest of his stat line is not good at all, and the dude's the hundred forty eighth ranked player per game. Yeah, I'm very curious to see where this goes in LA because if one of those guys, be it Mobamba, be it Vanderbilt, um, not Ryu Hachimura, if he ends up playing like 35 minutes a game, I don't care. But uh, if Vanderbilt is all of a sudden running the shop here, playing 28, 30, even 30 minutes a game, 
He's really nice. He gets good rebounds. He gets steals. He gets blocks. He gets a, you know he even gets the occasional assist for a uh, you know a guy who probably shouldn't have the ball in his hands too often. Um, he's never going to be a great scorer, but like I, I like the fact that there's good rebounds and counting stats out of Vanderbilt if he plays really solid 28, 29, 30 minutes. Um, Mo Bamba probably is the highest ceiling out of all of them because he shoots threes and blocks. But one of those guys is going to come out, I think, with um, being fantasy relevant for the rest of the season. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about the rest of this crazy day. There was a handful of players. I mean, let's not forget, when players are ending up on a new team, uh, it means that their old team is also... Uh, getting all messed up, and so Tyler, uh, I didn't. I, I don't know if you want to focus on any particular team. If you want to talk about John Wall to the Rockets, or if you want to talk about, uh, you know, but John Wall is not playing for the Rockets. Just the same as Russell Westbrook is not playing for the Jazz. Um, they're gonna sure they're if, gonna buy him out. Not sure if you caught this, but John Wall did a podcast with Theo Pinson, who plays for the Mavericks. Um, That's the it. podcast is called Run Your Race. Um, he talks a lot about. Talks to any, you know, a lot of different players, a lot of different people about you know basically how they got to where they are now. He asked mm-hmm. him about it, about his time in Houston, and John Wall had some less than flattering comments. Y'all can look it up if you want to listen to what he actually said. I'm not going to paraphrase it. That traded there mostly because Houston wanted the draft capital, and they are going to buy him out. Um, if you want to talk about buyout Excellent. guys, there's there's a lot of them. Reggie Jackson's going to get one. It looks like yes. Reggie Jackson is going to get one. So, let's um, sit. Uh, let's sit there in Charlotte. Dredge Jackson to Charlotte. I believe Mason Plumley was the guy who left. That to me is an interesting uh, move because that really does open up uh, one uh, more playing time for PJ Washington, which is always a plus for people who have PJ Washington on their team when he can play a lot more. Uh, but there's also uh, Mark Williams, who in limited minutes has been occasionally kind of outstanding. Uh, when it comes to rebounds and blocks, of course, that's you know that does seem to be the trend here with a lot of these guys hanging out on these benches, right? Um, Mark Williams is like kind of the de facto center here, unless they're going to play PJ Washington at five. Yeah, and um, Charlotte is atop the list, or maybe not atop, but one of the teams heading the list of we are just going to sit you out if you're a veteran at some point. Because we are going to try to bottom completely out and try to get that number one pick, and so um, I would not expect maybe even PJ Washington to play the entire season. No, crazy, like you're too good. You're gonna have to sit. We're gonna play Mark Williams and lose all the rest of these games. I think they would love that. I think they would love to lose uh, the rest of the season, right? Uh, Lamelo and Victor on the same team would be. A lot of fun, uh, quite frankly. I, I'll enjoy watching that. Uh, but I do think uh, Mark Williams has a lot of... If he's going to play, like, if he could stay, as always, on the court, as we always talk about, and I think that's going to be the real, uh, you know... Hey, 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 everybody, you might be running out to go pick up Mark Williams or whatever. Have some expectations that the dude's going to foul out. Yeah, I mean, and that's really my question is like, I don't know. Have have we seen many games where they've tried to stretch him at this point? Only a few, but those few games where they ha- he has played um, kind of some extended minutes, which like 
his I think the most minutes he's played this season is, is still only 21, but in those 21 minutes, 17 and three with two rebounds, two assists, uh, two steal. No, excuse me, yeah, two assists, two steals, and two blocks, 13 rebounds. Yeah, That's and a nice line for for him. the The nice thing is like the stats or the fouls. I'm sorry, have not been like too too crazy. He did have two games where he played 16 minutes and fouled four times. He did foul five times in 15 minutes um, on another occasion. But, like, a lot of games he ends with only a foul or two in his, you know, 14 to 20 minutes that he's played. Yeah, and I mean, so, 14 to like, 20 minutes ain't, ain't, ain't much. Oh, no, for sure. And, like, I think at some point he's going to be, you know, they're going to try to play him 30 minutes, and we'll see if he can keep the fouls down or not. Um I think there's some positive signs over like some other guys where some of the guys we've talked about in the past that are getting in foul trouble, like even when they're in the role that he's in right now, like, well, you know, 10 to 15 minutes a game, they're still got like a bunch of games where they're getting four and five fouls. And you're going like, of course you're going to foul out if they want you to play 25 minutes. You are almost fouling out in 14. Exactly. I think, you know, Grand Assault, he could have a nice high upside um, a medium upside. I wouldn't say like a super high high upside, but like the blocks are there, the rebounds are there. He can score. Um, like he's not like a also one, one dimensional into that big part of part of the season where rookies turn it on a bunch of them. Post like All Star break is um is 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 the weird season. It it gets it gets silly, and um a lot of these tanking teams full or full on tank. Uh, you've seen Oklahoma City do it with weird rotations, random people coming out of the woodwork. It happens every single year. I think Charlotte, like you're saying, 100% a uh, the top candidate probably for silly season. Let's talk about where uh, Reggie came from. Let's talk about the Clippers. New look Clippers. Obviously, Paul George and Kawhi uh, are doing the things that they, they do, which guard. is like sit sit every once in a while. Um, yeah, where's Bones Highlands now? Their point guard. That... I still think he's got to come off the bench. They've been starting uh, Terrence Mann. Yeah, and he's also been solid. Not, not really a point guard, but I think they're going to keep starting him and they're going to bring Bones off the bench as kind of a bench scorer. Like, is it Bones Highland's best case scenario, at least for the next three or four years, like that sixth man scorer role, like Lou Williams or insert other bench scorer here? So, and that's that's a, that's a career. Like, don't 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 let to think we're putting negativity towards Bones Highland. Uh, six oh, no, uh, six no. man I, first I guard off the bench. Guys. Hell yeah, Jamal Crawford, dude. He got out there and cook, man. Ah, oh, dude, I love me some Jamal Crawford yeah. back in the day. Exactly, and and I he was one of the ultimate, uh, absolutely amazing, even to his old age. Um, I actually think I like Bones. On the Clippers, I like. I just like the fact that like they're gonna have to go to him more often. He's averaging only twenty minutes a game this season, and I think that goes quite a bit up because I do think they need someone I to run. I, I do, and this is why I think they run. They need someone to run the second team. Number one, uh, and number two, people on this team love to be out hurt. And when that happens, rotations get weird, and they just kind of expect some bench players to come out of nowhere. You could see some uh, very extensive minutes for Bones Highland in a handful at a handful of games here and there um, over the next handful, you know, couple months. 
um, as they rest Kawhi, they rest uh, Paul George in various situations. Uh, I just, I think the opportunity there is better than it was in Denver. I'll give you that piece. I'm always just very confused by this team and the way they build the roster. They have eight, 82 wings. They have now two big men, right? Because they traded for Plumlee, so they've got Plumlee mm-hmm. and, and Zubac. And they have no point guards. I mean, like, is Bones Highlands really a point guard? Is Terrence Mann really a point guard? No. Not really. Literally, wings. Like, they literally have all wings and two other guys that... So their team is just strange, man. Like, it's just... It's a strange build, and I can't. I'm. I, I think Ty Lue might maybe the best like game management coach in the league. As crazy as that sounds, um, but I don't know yeah, how the hell good. he decides who's gonna play. Kawhi and Kawhi and Paul George obviously gonna get big minutes whenever they're healthy, but like, how does he determine when it's Norman Powell or Nick Batum or you know this guy or that guy or the other guy or Amir Coffey or Terrence Mann or Bones Highland or yeah, where where are you going to get the consistency enough to roster a guy? Not sure that's going to exist. Is are is 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 Bones Highland and quite a few of those other guys fantastic spot starts, especially when you see that one of the the main two guys is out? Absolutely. Sure, they got Eric Gordon too now. Yes, Eric Gordon's going to be hanging out. No, I, I think Eric Gordon's might be washed. I think he might be washed. Ah. Uh. He's either washed or he was really dogging it in Houston, which fair is Houston. Yeah, and that's that's the big question I think is like how much how much was he given? I mean, I don't know, he just talked about John Wall. Game. Like maybe Eric Gordon felt the same way, but he's not John Wall. Right. At, having thirteen points a game though, still it's just I mean it's not terrible. Like Westbrook though, like Westbrook put up good numbers for the most part in Los Angeles. It was just like. He was not helping the team win. Like, yeah. So that was cool. one reason why they got rid of him. And uh, there have been some murmurs like he's going to get bought out by the Jazz, and there have been some murmurs that that's where he's headed is LA. So we'll see. Um, that'd be interesting. That'd be very interesting. Uh, he might. Uh, I, I kind of, uh, in a weird way, hope he uh, ends up on the Bulls, so I know that Westbrook is going to dribble the ball out at the end of the game and miss the final shot instead of Zach Levine. That'd be great. Shots um, fired. Uh, so you... how mad were you that the Bulls did nothing? Because the Bulls, uh, uh, the Raptors yeah. bought. Everyone thought the Raptors were going to be the big seller, and they bought. Yeah, they, they bought Yakapotal. Potal, yeah. We could talk about that. Um, yeah, they bought. The Bulls did literally nothing. I'm I'm shocked uh, because it's it's obviously not working. Uh, the team's not healthy. They desperately need a point guard. They need to move something. Like they couldn't move two second round picks for Bones Island. That it makes the and, team better. So so riddle me this, okay? Bones Highland cost you two second round picks and Gary Payton somehow cost you five. That doesn't make much sense. So I was very confused with like the amount of second round picks. Like the Lakers got three second round picks for Thomas Bryant. Yeah. How many second round We're picks? We're both are Thomas Bryant fans. I like Thomas Bryant, but like three second round picks seemed like a lot for Thomas Bryant. Uh, yeah, I, w- I would agree. Thomas Bryant's like a fine backup. Like maybe there's been a shift. Maybe second round picks are worthless. Well, we've discussed this. We've discussed this for years, right? Second round picks are worthless. That's factual. 
The Bulls have not had their second round pick in like a hundred years, but they're still not good. So I don't know what they've been spending the fucking second round picks on. And Doug McDermott, the, I think. The, the Mavs. No, those were uh, first round dump, picks actually. Mavs dumped their second round picks, and then basically when they wanted to still draft Jaden Hardy, they just had a second round pick. They traded two second round picks that were like literally not real second round picks to get him. Like you can get a second round pick, you can buy a second round pick. You can 100% go out and just go get your second round pick. If the guy comes up, call up the guys. Hey, uh, we'll give you like cash considerations of it. All right, cool, man. Yeah, but like, I don't know. Jay Crowder went for five second round picks. Like, it was just insane that some teams were just like, I did just take all our second round picks. We don't need those. We're done with them. That's the value of a second round pick. It's it's completely worthless. Um, do you think uh, Zubach value kind of plummets with Mason Plumley in town? I, I think Mason hey. Plum is a better fit here. Ah, uh, but Zubach is good. He is they good. like Zubach. Yeah, I feel like he Mason Plum is going to eat into his gonna... eat into his minutes though. Uh, maybe a little. Like they might put him more down to like that twenty five he was playing last year. But like the crazy part is the only thing that's really up in the five extra minutes he's playing in the rebounds. Did all that same shit last year in 25 minutes a game. And so, again, what does that tell you? That might tell you he's better suited for a 25-minute-per-game role. Because in those extra five minutes, he's gassed. Which I think he's going to have about a 21, 22-minute role here in uh, in Denver. Denver? Isn't, he, isn't Thomas Bryant in Denver? Oh, you said Zubach. Sorry, I was thinking, for some reason, I'm still thinking about Thomas Bryant. No, Zubach is great. Zubach is good, and you're right. In those extra minutes, he doesn't he doesn't get any extra. That's the reason why so like, I'm fixated on Thomas Bryant right now. Thomas Bryant is a good-looking man. I mean, I can understand that. He is a good-looking man. Former Washington uh, Wizards. But yeah, Zubach, I, I, I would agree with you that, like, you don't get a ton more value if he was, if he was playing, like, 36 minutes. You'd be a little bit better. Like, he wouldn't be a lot better. Yeah, and... Uh, just like everything in life, there's a law of diminishing returns for, for every player. You can overtax any player, even the best players in the league. Right? Like If they, you put them out there for too many minutes, they get tired and they cannot produce at the level they're accustomed to producing. Well, don't it's tell just, that to Jimmy real. Butler and don't tell that to Ant-Man because Ant-Man in Minnesota is about to play 45 minutes a game, I believe, and... Um, he is going to just, I think he's going to be a destroyer of worlds. How do you, uh, how do you like Mike Connolly's fit on this team? Obviously they need him to play, but like, I don't see him playing more than the 30 minutes he was already playing. Oh, I mean, I think they looked at Mike Connolly as a better fit than D'Angelo Russell mm-hmm. in the sense Definitely. that Mike Connolly's a little bit more of a connector and like, not to say that D'Angelo Russell isn't a, a valuable playmaker in fantasy because he is but like he's just not a true point guard we've talked about this before right like he's more of a two guard scoring guard whereas mike conley's more of like uh yeah okay you you take the ball and you know i'm gonna help you get to your spot and get open i'm just a little bit more of a traditional like facilitator old school point guard whatever you want to call it um yeah so i think that's a little bit better fit maybe especially with gobert who can't really create anything for himself yeah and, yeah, I'm interested to see, you know, what this team can do, how this team looks uh, with Conley on it. But I don't know. This team is super strange to me. Like, there's some weird vibes that, that are part of the problem, I think. Yes, there is definitely something culturally messed up there. Obviously, 
we all found out uh, Crown of the New Towns uh, had a horrible sprain. Uh, what was a grade? What's the highest grade? Grade three? I believe so. Might have had a grade five. He's been out for so long. He's going to be out the rest of the year, it seems like. Um, I don't know if they're going to get Carl Anthony Towns back uh, much, much more than what a month of the season. Would you even think that? I don't even know, right? Because they literally said he was only going to miss four to six weeks, like all the way back in November, right? Now it's February. And then he was like on some Twitch stream where he's like, I'm not going to be back. I got a grade three ankle sprain. Everybody's like, what the fuck? Yeah, dude. I don't know. And this is. This is the weird thing about a lot of these teams, dude, is they just, like, lie. They, they, there's no better way to say it. You just lie. They're lying, they're lying to her, right to our face, right? man. Like, like, you go, oh, yeah, four to six weeks, and then when that comes up, they're like, oh, I don't know. He's not practicing. He's still mm-hmm. out. And you're like, We're well, reevaluating Lonzo Ball still. Yeah, well, and, like, Lonzo Ball may be the most effed up one because, like, I get it. Like, there's no, like, firm diagnosis. Like, from everything I've heard, that last surgery he had was, like, your knee still hurts and is swollen up. We are going to go in there and see if we can find something because we don't see shit. I'm not sure what's on the happening. MRIs and stuff. Right. And so, like, at the same time, be like, oh, he's out for this long. And then when that amount of time comes up, he's out for two months. And then when it gets, when you figure out he's out for another two months, say that. Don't just wait till that time is elapsed and go, oh, yeah, he's not coming back. Yeah. Though I do feel like, at least in the Bulls case, they've just been like, hey, he's not practicing. Like then everybody kind of knows what that means. Versus Anthony Towns or like Jonathan Isaac, where they just didn't even talk about him as an existing person. Glad that he's playing basketball finally. Um, but Carlton Towns, like they said, four to six weeks. That was they were lying. But Jonathan Isaacs was the weirdest one because it was like just no update, no anything. Yeah. Oh yeah, anytime any reporter would ask, he's out. They they no shit. They treated him that. like a person who did not exist. And so, and it's it's a lot of teams, and the the Kevin Durant thing for Brooklyn was kind of the same way. They were like, "Oh yeah, he'll be back before the All Star break." And then, what was that last week? They were like, "Yeah, no, he's not going to be playing the All Star game. He's out through the All Star break." Oh yeah, very suspicious. Um, yeah, are, I don't know. Are you I, worried about uh, about the Suns' depth? My question with after trading for Kevin. Durant. Am I worried about their depth? I mean. Yes, and I feel like that's interesting because that's how they got ahead. Like that's how they win games is their is their depth, right? But like filling in your depth with a guy like Kevin Durant, it's it's an upgrade. Yeah, but you got four elite players. Who the hell is their fifth starter? Craig, me and Lee, maybe Andrew Shamit, and maybe T.J. Warren. Again, like he looks busted. It does not look good. And then, like, and, and maybe they get somebody on the buyout market to kind of paper over that, but, like, Paul ain't been healthy. Booker ain't been healthy. Booker, yeah, K- KD ain't been healthy. Yes. Like, I I get it, like, theoretically on paper, like, hey, you're, you're that team with four of those guys, right? Four, four hymns, four, 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 four guys who can win you a playoff series. If that's what they're going for, instead of the, uh, you know, we're a very robust, all-around, deep team that can go deep into the playoffs, and they're like, well, you know what, that almost did it, but it didn't do it. You know what's going to do it? Kevin Durant. 
If that's what they're going for, they got to win four games. And over in four games, everybody's got to be healthy. And that's my thing is like, I still feel like it was a massive gamble. You got a 37 year old Chris Paul, you got a 34 year old Kevin Durant now. Shit, is Darius Baisley the fifth starter? <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's, that's what I mean. Like, you, you got not a lot else. I like, I like Bays. I think he's all right. Yeah, but okay. So you got him as your fifth starter. Fine. What's your bench? Who's, who's coming off the bench to do anything other than make sure the pain? This doesn't. Your team doesn't bleed bleed out. Basically, that's my point. Though is like one of those guys goes down in the playoffs, and like now you got two suspect starters. Well, Dre and Booker have to be healthy. Period. I mean, Chris Paul's got to be healthy too because he's Chris Paul. He runs the whole show, but. Andre Aiden. Uh, yeah, actually, I just talked myself into it. All four of them have to be healthy. Like you can't miss one of them. Aiden That's goes. Aiden goes too. down, and you're gonna get it. You're gonna. You're gonna lose in four to the Nuggets. Jock Landell is starting, I think, at center if Aiden goes down. Yeah. Like Bismack. That's a real person. Bismack Biombo. Some of you, some of you listening to this probably have no idea who that guy is. Jock Landale. That's my old fifth grade teacher, Jock Landell. Dude, I, I, I mean, that guy's a, guy a baller, though. He is. I love him. He's going to have to play some heavy he's, minutes if DeAndre Hayden goes down, and uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. He needs but. a sick basketball reference nickname. That's the only thing he's missing. I know. we gotta we got to get the basketball reference guy on the show one of these days. Uh, Tyler, is there any other team you wanted to like kind of focus on? I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about Detroit or Utah. Uh, I don't feel like they're going to be – you're going to be seeing too much – too many changes, I guess. Uh, maybe Colin Sexton's minutes go up, uh, which would be nice. He's a great scorer, but like he doesn't do a whole lot other than score. We all know that. But it's Colin Sexton. Like He scores a lot. And it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of get back to where he was in, in those Cleveland days. Maybe not like to that level even, but like back to being a 18, 20 point per game scorer. Like He's been a little bit down in Utah, so he's certainly got to watch. I mean... I think as far as a lot of these trades, like I'm not super excited about, but, you know, the things we haven't talked about, like Josh Hart and on the Knicks, like where does he fit in? Yeah. He's probably going to play a lot of minutes, but like the Knicks are kind of a team where they're already playing some guys that probably should play a fewer minutes than they should. So like, I don't know. Yeah, so are, are you for me. excited about Cam Reddish or Matisse Tybold in Portland? Like. At best, right? They're going to do what they already are doing, and then at worst, it just Portland. That was a weird team for me because, like, they kind of bought, but then they like kind of sold too. Yeah. Like you traded Josh Hart to get Cam Reddish and Matisse Stiebel and Kevin Knox. Like, okay, doesn't seem smart. It was like those aren't <laughs> those aren't. I don't feel like any of those pieces do anything for you other than prop you up in the quicksand, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, and you sold Gary Payton too, right? So you yeah, sold two quality rotation guys for a bag of hot garbage. Yeah, I'd love to do some. I mean, Cam Reddish and Matisse Eibel have some potential, but like, sure. You no, know, well, I mean, like, it's not anything. And one of those guys is going to have to. Play. I, I, rotation wise, like 
They're very thin. Just, Thibault's a great defender, but, like, can you play someone who's an offensive zero? Know the answer to that. There are, there are guys who are not offensive zeros who you can't play. He's literally an offensive, like, not just zero, negative. Like, you cannot play Bob Covington anymore. Like, Matisse Seibel's kind of like a worse offensive Bob Covington. Uh, Pat Bev is so good defensively, you can play him. He's not a net zero on offense, but in the playoffs, he's a liability. Uh, Westbrook can score. He's a liability. Matisse Seibel can't. Lay the ball in. You know what I mean? Like, they don't expect him to do that. I mean, he can't dribble, pass, or shoot. So, yes. it's an offensive zero for me. Like, if you can't dribble, pass, or shoot, what do you do? You you can't touch the ball. So you literally, you might as well just stay on the defensive end and never never run back. It's five on four. Never, never run up the court. Just don't. I got they couldn't, even, they couldn't even keep Rondo on the court in, in Rondo's prime in the playoffs. It's just too exploitable in today's NBA. Coaches are too smart. And so, like, you know, like, don't I don't get excited about that kind of move. Like, unless you're gonna say, "Oh, we're gonna throw this guy out there on the last possession because we need you to stop somebody." Look, okay, yeah. it's good. party on, Wayne. Yeah, the flip side of that would be if they were like, "Let's uh, let's sit our stars and play Kevin Knox forty minutes a game." And be like, "All right, well, I guess I gotta pay attention to him." The the Portland thing was weird though because like they're hanging on to tenth. Lakers are trying to get it, but oh. like the Jazz and Thunder don't want it, so. They've got a shot to be in the playing tournament. Like, and not just trade Jeremy Grant and, like, trade Anthony Simons and try to, like, actually build a team around the letter if that's what you want to do. Like, you're, you're not getting any better or worse by making these moves. So you're just keeping the status quo. And, like, if anything, maybe you're even getting a little worse and you're getting some meaningless draft picks that are some meaningless they're not even they didn't even get draft picks right i guess they could get a protected first in that josh hart one but they mostly just got like flyer players like how does that help you build around a 31 year old superstar it doesn't no it doesn't at all like the, the the flyer players are for teams that don't have have younger guys who are like maybe one of these other younger guys can grow up with the other younger guy and it's like no nope. Uh, that that's not how that's working. So I I really don't know what they're doing. Um, I know I know what the tanking teams are doing. I know what the the contending teams are doing. I do not know what Portland is doing uh, whatsoever, really. Um, so yeah, I, I, from like a fancy standpoint, right? Like it's hard to get like, too excited about any of these guys. But I think in the you know we covered the teams that have the biggest changes and probably have the big you know the the guys you'd actually want to pay attention to. Um, biggest value increase of someone that didn't get traded is, is it Mark Williams? If somebody else, if they're about to hand him, the, you know, the third, the try to give him the 30 minutes, then yes, absolutely. It's Mark Williams. There's a question I got for you too. That, that a lot of people actually kind of got worse, right? Like, cause like, even if you go to Kyrie and, uh, Doncic, right? It's like, well, Kyrie and Doncic sharing the ball is doesn't maximize either one of their values they're both going to be very good we've seen two guys always eat the third guy gets the shaft right so christian wood actually probably decreases a little bit because two guys always eat third guy gets the shaft so 
uh, you know, they'll, Kyrie and Luca will be fine, but they're not going to be at the pinnacle of their usage because they can share the ball. Oh, I don't know about that because, I mean, Dinwiddie had, also had two guys that could create a shot. Lucas, Lucas, like setting like all time records in usage. I feel like that goes down a little bit. <laughs> and that should, and that's my point. But again, we talked about this, right? There's a law of diminishing returns with any player. And also makes him a little bit more efficient because he's not the only guy taking a shot. Not only that, but you see it a lot of times with Doncic where, like, at the end of a game, he's just dead. He's gassed. There's nothing left in the tank. So if you can have somebody else to do some stuff so he has energy in those fourth quarter when, you know, like, that could actually – be good for him and let him play at his peak value for all 34 minutes he's on the floor. You know what I mean? And so, like, yeah, I, I think maybe both their values and fantasy go down a little bit because they're 10th and 11th ranked players right now. But, like, I think they're both still going to be, like, elite guys. They'll be fine. The top two guys are always fine. They'll be fine. It's nothing terribly to worry about. I think if you're looking at it kind of like absolutely, right? Whereas like, is this Luca's peak? And it's like, well, if he's sharing the ball, it's not his There's a theoretical guy. peak. But like, they're both going to be really fantastic to own for the rest of the season. Kyrie might be a dude to trade for, too, in this respect, right? We always talk about we don't really want Kyrie because we don't know how much he's going to play. Why did the dude ask for a trade? He wants to get paid. He wanted out, he wants to get paid, and he wants to go somewhere where he can play. And he's gonna play. He's gonna play in Dallas. Not only that, he's got two hundred million riding on the rest of the season. Yes, sir. Literally does. Because if he falls out and Dallas makes a run, he's really good. Someone's gonna give him that four year max, which is worth two hundred million dollars. So the dude's got two hundred million dollars riding on what have we got? Like twenty seven games left in the regular season for Dallas? That dude's gonna try to play in everyone. And he's going to try to be great in everyone. Absolutely. It's a lot of money. He's going to be trying to win. And so, and so, Kyrie might be a guy, like, if someone in your league is going like, oh, dude, it's Kyrie. The other shoe's always about to drop. He's, you know, got this and that and the other thing. Like, Kyrie might be a guy to trade for because Kyrie's got a lot of incentive to be good for the rest of the season. I can get behind that. I, I like that idea. Um, I think, I actually still think the West is wide open still. So, you know, a lot of odds have changed out there in the West of who's going to who's gonna make the finals, who's going to win the championship. Obviously, the Suns' odds dropped significantly over the last few days. They are, um, uh, you know, I think they're almost favorites or second favorites to win uh, the title completely, right? So uh, don't bet on them, as we said. little shallow over there. But I think if any of those, like, contending teams that already exist in the West, if any of those odds... Um, went the other way like their odds got worse to win the championship when really nothing has changed on their team and you got to remember new players take a while to kind of um co- coagulate that's not the word i'm looking for um to mesh with coalesce. Their, coalesce yes coalesce with their new team that's that's probably it thank you tyler um it takes a while for those teams to mesh doesn't really even happen in a half a season a lot of these teams get in the playoffs and they still haven't figured it out after the trade deadline, right? So any of these teams that kind of stayed put, but their odds got worse, especially in the West, I'm going to put a little, I'm going to put a little money on those guys. West is just such a strange race too, right? Like obviously two all-star starters uh, came over in Durant and Irving. 
Um, so that obviously made the field a little deeper. But, like, do you feel 100% about any of those teams? I don't. Oh. It, and to me, you know, it's going to be in any given Sunday-type playoffs, in, especially in that West, where, like, would it, be, would it shock you if, like, the eighth seed upset the one? It could easily be Golden State against Denver. Yeah, and that, I mean, and I feel Golden like that's going to make it really fun. Would you be surprised? No, I, I, I like, wouldn't. Whoever gets the second seed, whether it's Memphis, whether it's Dallas, Phoenix, L.A., like, could be facing someone like the Pelicans. I like this, too. Grizzlies, plus 1,400. I, I, Warriors, plus 1,500. Dallas, plus 1,600. I don't feel like their odds have changed. The you know what I mean like I feel like either all three of those teams could win the West. You got the Suns at plus four twenty five, the Nuggets at plus eight, and the Clippers at plus nine hundred. And like don't don't hold out on the of, the Sat Kings either. Some of those teams too. Like, do you really think the Suns and Clippers are all of a sudden going to get and stay healthy and win? Not one, not two, not three, but four playoff series to win the title. Like, it's asking for a lot of some teams that have been pretty suspectly healthy for the last five months, six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like, you're expecting everything to fall right, and if granted, if it all does fall right and they're healthy for four playoff series, well, they should be the favorites. But like that situation is not a favorite to happen. Not my book, anyway. Yeah, no. That's been a fun trade deadline, Tyler. Is there, I guess, there's anything else, or where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. You can find me at Watch the Boxes. If you like the show, rate, review us. Actually, just go to Patreon, patreon.com slash watching the boxes. $2 a month, you can uh, help uh, a Tyler or a Mike in your podcast life and help them. Uh, achieve the goals of getting a coffee every once in a while on their listeners' dime uh, because we love you, we appreciate you, and we appreciate our Patreons. Thank you for supporting the show as we move through this uh, weird and strange season. Also, twitch.tv slash watching the boxes. Go ahead and give us a like um, or subscribe or follow or whatever the hell you do on Twitch. Um, it's been a second since I've been over there. And we'll see you next time. Get easy. Have a good one. <laughs>